Hello and welcome to the How To Fitness Podcast. I'm Kate Lyman. And I'm Michael Ujoa. And we're excited to chat with you today. We have a lot of exciting things coming up with this podcast, but we figured it would be kind of nice to start with an introduction episode. A little bit of info about us. Honestly, I don't even know enough about Michael, so I need to learn about what he's about. I don't know enough about me, so that's fine. Yeah, who, who even are you, Kate? What's going on? Why are we here? That's why we're here. That's why we're here today. Um, a little more about us. We don't have to talk about that in future episodes, and so we can kind of set the stage for why we're doing this in the first place, right? Yeah, definitely. So we're, like me and Kate, we, we don't know each other that well outside of Instagram and chatting about the occasional fitness thing. So um, we would quite like to do this personally, too, just to get to know a little bit more about each other delve into our backgrounds, what got us to this point, and then just see what happens in this introductory episode. Who I'm knows? excited for it. Let's first talk about why we want to do this in the first place, because I mean, podcasts, This we're not unique. We're not unique in being individuals who work in the health and fitness space who are starting a podcast, right? But we want this to be something different. Um, I, for one, am really excited to learn more, right? Like I'm really excited to learn from the guests we have, learn from you, learn from the conversations uh, we're going to delve into. So that to me is really exciting. And I want us, I want us to be different, right? Completely agree. And I thought I would be the first straight white guy to start a fitness podcast. I just thought <laughs> everyone would want to listen to it. <laughs> so here I am. Yeah, no, it's true. Like there are there are so many fitness podcasts, let's be honest. Um, and I tend to switch off when someone mentions that they do a podcast because I don't know, I feel like most fitness podcasts kind of recycle the same things. They have similar guests on. So I want this to be a little bit different. I want us to have the conversations that people are not having within the fitness industry, bring on guests in areas that maybe people wouldn't expect us to have on and just kind of change the game a little bit. So that's why I'm here. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I, I yeah. mean, the guests we have lined up so far are awesome. Like, mm -hmm. wow, I'm so excited. Um, and then we have some exciting things like Q&As, right? And we want to kind of deep dive into some topics that, like you said, haven't been explored as much. So first, let's talk about us a little bit. Yeah. Let's talk about let's, us. I'm going to let you go first. I'm going to be a gentleman. Oh, really? Okay. okay. If you, yeah. So tell me a bit about you and what kind of got you to this point, like your introduction into the fitness industry. Let's start there. Love it. Love this story because it's like very typical in some ways. And I want to be different. Like we want our podcast to be different, but... Some of it's not that different. <laughs> I started working in fitness when I was 17. So I started CrossFit because my mom started CrossFit. I was about 16. Um, I did sports all through high school, kind of stumbled on CrossFit because she took me to a class and she was getting really into it. This is about 20, 2010, 2009, 2010. Um, so early CrossFit. And for my high school graduation gift, my parents got me a CrossFit level one certification to be a trainer. And I mean, I look back now and I'm like, there is no greater gift because that gave me a job for 10 That's, years. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that is you a know? great gift. I, yeah. And I'm also, just on a side note as well, because you've done CrossFit for so long, I feel like cro CrossFit jokes are like the norm within the fitness industry, right? And I totally. feel like I can't really make those jokes because you're, you're like deep in the CrossFit world. You're like one of the first people that did CrossFit, right? But that means you can make the jokes. I mean, it makes okay. them even more applicable, if anything. <laughs> I like that. I I take I'll that. take all and... of them. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm gonna bank them up. Fine, <laughs> Please. <laughs> so I I 
coach CrossFit through my end of high school and all through college. And I feel so fortunate because given the year, about 2010-ish um, beginning of CrossFit, I was able to learn from some really, really incredible mentors, some individuals who now are in charge of education and continuing ed for CrossFit HQ. So like just some really knowledgeable people. Um, it was awesome. And so it kind of, I, I loved it. Like I loved this coaching. I was learning how to um, I mean, I, I feel like they taught me a lot about training and such um, and the programming and why we did what we did and such, but they taught me a lot of good coaching feedback and coaching tips for working with individuals. And I will say like, it was a great job, but it was also hard as a 17, 18, even 19 year old girl to train older individuals, you know, like a lot of thirties, forties, fifties, um, and be taken seriously. So their, their feedback was really helpful for me in like a really intimidating workspace. Well, out of interest, like when you first started CrossFit, cause that was like when CrossFit really started to get quite popular. Was it quite like a guy's area? Was it quite a guy orientated sport or was it quite mixed? My experience was it was very mixed, but it was also okay. a little more like well off individuals in their professional era of life, right? Like a lot of doctors and dentists. And and um, th- when I started, I was living in Virginia, actually, and we lived next to an Air Force base and we had a ton of pilots and a lot of uh, like military individuals who, you know, were into fitness and this was an outlet for them. So I feel like it was it was a good mix, but the, the type of clientele was like older and very well established. Um, and it was intimidating because I was like, yeah. I'm a high schooler. <laughs> <laughs> you know um, yeah but great experience though as a coach it was like, great experience awesome. yeah it was great experience so I coached all through college and I went to I did my undergrad in exercise science and nutrition and I did it not with the intention of working in the fitness space because I mean up until just a few years ago like fitness felt like my side gig like this is fun but not a real job you know I was like, this isn't a real job like there's no way I could do this forever um so I intend to go to physician's assistant school, like a mini med school. And come time to fill out my applications, I was like, what am I doing? Do I really want this? I thought I've wanted it for a long time. And I know so many of us have been in that that situation where you're like, I definitely wanted this and now I'm questioning everything. Um, and I kind of just did a 180 and I applied to a master's of public health program. And I knew nothing. <laughs> I still don't, I can look back and be like, why did you even apply to that? I don't know. I literally don't know. I had like one public health course under my belt and I had no expectations of what I was even doing. Um, but my two years in my MPH ended up being the like, honestly, two of the greatest years of my life. I love everything I learned. And um, first semester, one of my first courses was in health behavior theory. And I just latched on to that area of um, education and research and kind of geared all of my research in those two years towards health behavior theory and different um, methods of implementing different health behavior theories in nutrition education specifically. Um, At the same time, I was kind of one of those typical people who was like, I've gotten into nutrition. I have some good information under my belt. I've been applying this to myself. Let me coach people. So that. <laughs> that's very that's very Instagram, right? <laughs> I, I didn't have food. an Instagram though. So pre-Instagram, <laughs> okay. we're probably talking 2014, 2015. Is that... I didn't get my Instagram till 2018. So had okay, I done it earlier, to... I would have been uh, That's still off. like Facebook Facebook era, right? Like yeah. pre-Instagram. Yeah. It was. And I wasn't using any social media because I like my 
I had a really big gym community, right? So I was kind of implementing mm-hmm. these teachings in like little nutrition seminars and such in person. It was all in person. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, fast forward, I graduated from my MPH. It was awesome. And I, I moved, my husband and I moved to uh, Memphis, Tennessee, and I started my PhD in a program of social and behavioral health science with a focus on public health nutrition education. That's nice. it. That's the title. I like it. Can you say that one more time? (laughs) Social and behavioral health science with a focus on public health nutrition education. I like it. Okay. That's a cool topic. I mean, it's very apt for what you do. Yeah, it's very wordy. But I mean, PhD titles usually are. Yeah. 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 And and, um, so at this point, KLN, my nutrition coaching business, was actually doing really well. And I say I just started like on a whim. I had some nutrition science under my belt, but that health behavior theory work that I did in, in, um, in my MPH was like integral into me understanding how to like incorporate that mm-hmm. into coaching individuals. So at this point, Galen's doing really well. And we were like, I was like making an income, like this is wild. I can't believe I'm doing this, you know? Um, but I, but I was in school and I was working for the school as a research assistant. We were working in, um, it's actually pretty cool. So I lived on the West coast almost all of my life and Tennessee is in the South. That's where I was living in the South. And so we got sent to the South. And I love I was this. Like, like, you're talking to the random English guy. Like, yes, educate me. That's here. why I'm telling you this. <laughs> and the South is very different. And you already know this, but it's very religious. It's very food centric. Um, just the values and ideals are very different. And so in our research, we worked with Methodist pastors helping implement health education, nutrition education specifically, to them and watching the trickle-down effect to their congregations. This is so niche. I love it. It's so niche. (laughs) It's so niche, it's outrageous. But that's what a PhD is. It's kind of like, wow, you've learned so much. Now just focus on one tiny, tiny, Mm -hmm. tiny thing. So that's what I was doing. We did so, like, I created an entire set of, like, potluck specific nutrition education like that's how niche we're talking because this is the south and this is methodist congregations and potlucks were like a big deal so that there's some (laughs) random knowledge i have um but i was kind of i you know my first year i was torn between doing more school which i had done school for so long i hadn't had a break in so long and continuing klm this kind of this crossroads where i had to choose and obviously here I am. I did not finish school. So I'm a, I'm a PhD Thank dropout. Thank God for me, Kate. Who yeah. are we doing with this podcast? Exactly. You didn't drop out? <laughs> exactly. It was all knowing that one day I needed to start a podcast with a guy in Scotland. There we go. There we um, go. You have lived your dream now, Kate. Well exactly. Done. So I'm really, I can look back and be really happy about this decision, but it was not easy during because <laughs> it felt, it still felt like, well, here's the real route. And I went to my PhD with the goal of being a professor. Like I wanted to be um, a graduate level professor. That's all I wanted. And so there's the real route of, you know, a job with that has health insurance. And here's like my own thing that I'm doing. And I'm just like listening to business podcasts and trying to wing it every day. And and I chose that one. <laughs> and now I'm really happy about it. But it was so hard during it was yeah. so hard. I, am, I imagine it was. Like, that's such a big call, isn't it? So I, I take my hat off to anyone that steps out of education when they step into, like, some path that they think they're going to take. I mean, with the lack of regulation in the fitness industry now, why don't you just still call yourself a professor? Kind of like Dr. Dre, right? <laughs> you could just be like, like, 
professor nutrition or something and just have that. There we go. That's true. Who's going to catch me? Plenty of people do it, right? (laughs) Yeah. So here I am. Um, Kaylin, we're in April right now. This is April 2023. I started Kaylin full time. No, no. I started it in April 2020, 2015. Sorry, 2015. Words are hard right now. Eight eight, eight years. years, So this is eight years of Kaylin and six years of being full-time. So this is where we're at. And it's awesome. And I still am sometimes like, this can't be a real job. It's too awesome. Like literally, I feel that way so often. Like this, like when's it all going to come crumbling down because this is too good to be true? I I honestly think this regularly. When I'm at home, like filming a video, um, for for those that don't know me listening to this, I post very silly videos on my Instagram, sometimes dressed in like inflatable food costumes. And I'm like filming myself at home dressed as an avocado. And I'm like, my wife has a really serious job (laughs) in like important meetings. And there's me just like recording myself dancing in an avocado costume and I just think honestly we've got the best job in the world we have the best job yeah like it's taken us a lot of time to get to where we are now but it it is so awesome like it really is such a cool place to work it is and it's like the true part of where you work for yourself you work like every second of every day ever and you wake up Mm -hmm. thinking about it and all of that but I just really feel like it's worth it um now catch me on a really hard day and I might feel less positive it's Friday it's Friday yeah. right now. So <laughs> but, you know, I just had a baby three months ago and I've been able to have time with him while I work. My husband and I, Kenny, I'm just going to say Kenny from now on. Um, we started another um, strength training business about a year and a half ago, Mezzo Strength. So we work on that together. I have an incredible team at KLN now. There's eight of us. So I have seven employees and then several other teammates who do more like virtual work for me. Um, and And here we are. And it's awesome. I live in Oaxaca, Mexico now. And I work all the time, every second that I'm not feeding this child. And it's still (laughs) awesome. That's how I feel. That's cool. That's a cool path. Thank you for telling me your story because I didn't know most of that. So that's awesome. Well, now it's your turn because I don't know anything. Except, well, I except have a PhD, the. So that's where I'm going to start. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I know about the eggplant costume. That's what I know. I, I know. I've seen the avocado. Avocado is old news. The eggplant was the new one for me. That is the new one. I quite enjoyed that one. Um, but I still think the avocado is my favorite. Um, but yeah, that's that's for a conversation for another day, Kate. Um, yeah. Okay. So so my background then. So like, I've always been really into fitness. So when I was very young. I did kickboxing for about seven years. Um, used to compete in kickboxing. I wasn't a very good fighter. I was an okay fighter. I just really enjoyed the fitness side of it. Um, I loved the fitness and flexibility and mobility work that came with that. Um, I always played football. Uh, for those listening in the US, soccer. It feels it's dirty football. to say that. It's football. It's, it's football. football. <laughs> um, so I used to play that to a very, once again, average standard. Um, and then I, so I went off to university initially to do occupational therapy. Uh, so I graduated as an occupational therapist back in 2011, I believe it would be. Okay, right? old man. Yeah. Wait, wow, so are you a doctor of occupational therapy or an occupational <laughs> no, therapist? I'm a occupational therapist. I don't have a PhD. I was joking about the PhD. No, no, I know that part, but I think, I guess some of the individuals I know here in the U.S. are doctor of occupational therapy, not occupational therapist. I don't know the difference. You tell oh, okay. me. This is, this is where I'm learning. 
Yeah, well, I only did the undergrad, so I'm Bachelor of Science with um, honours. Uh, but I, yeah, so I did occupational therapy as my undergrad for, it was like a three-year undergrad course. Okay. Um, in I lived in Oxford for three years. That was awesome. Um, and then I, I went straight from that degree to work for a private occupational health company doing like health screening work and stuff from that. And I, I, I don't know, the whole time I was doing it, even the degree, I was like, I mean, this is okay. Like, but I just didn't feel passionate about it at all. Um, and then when I started working in it as well, I still kept thinking, this is just really not exciting me at all. Um, at the time, I was doing long distance with my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, Emma. So I lived down Oxford, which is kind of south of England. She lived in Edinburgh. Uh, she was studying at Edinburgh University. Um, which is in Scotland. Distance, which is in Scotland. Okay. Yeah, See, so... now you have to talk to me like I don't know anything because I don't. Okay. Yeah, so Edinburgh is in Scotland. So, as, I mean, in like US standards, it's really close. It's maybe five hundred miles. Oh, but in okay. but like UK standards, that's like other side of the country, right? Right. And I don't know. So I was really not enjoying my job, and I thought, okay, I'm going to move to Edinburgh for a year because she got offered a really cool job after she finished university, um, and I'm just going to quickly trained to be a personal trainer because the courses are so short um, and be a personal trainer for a bit whilst I figure out what I want to do with my life and that was eight years ago and I'm still personal training um, so it just I don't know it just kind of sparked a thing in me where I just thought oh actually this could be quite a cool career path um, it, as I mentioned like starting off you have your oh, hand I have up. a question yeah sorry okay, to interrupt. You I didn't interrupt you, you but tell me <laughs> how long was your course how long was your personal trainer course? I, I think the course was around about two and a half months to three months okay. long. So it wasn't as short as some of the courses you see, but it was short enough to be quite average uh, <laughs> in, in its ability. <laughs> so, so yeah, I did that and I moved to Edinburgh and I, I got a personal training job. Um, as when anyone starts up as a personal trainer, the, the money sucks, but I was quite enjoying it. I did really enjoy it. Um, I worked in a big box gym for about a year and then just kind of stayed in Edinburgh. We didn't move out. <laughs> so I ended up starting a personal training business uh, with a personal trainer friend of mine. Um, that kind of did quite well. We grew and we employed a couple of coaches that came to work for us as well. And, and I really enjoyed it. And then I was investing a lot of time in social media and my following started to didn't grow that quickly, but it kind of grew fairly quickly. And people started to reach out saying, oh, I wish I could train with you. And I wish that you were the trainer in my city. So I decided to start offering online coaching through that. Um, my following started to grow a bit more. And I thought, oh, actually, there's some potential here. I'm earning some, some pretty good money doing online coaching. Um, I wanted to transition the business in that direction. My business partner didn't. So we ended up separating. And I started up Michael Eger Limited. Not as exciting as your name. I need a better name, Kate. What is Kate? Uh, I'm a nutrition. That's not exciting I, at all. It's like literally, that's why I say KLN because it's like so boring. Okay, maybe I just need to abbreviate it to make it sound better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it really, it's just like my name. And you know what's funny? It's not even my legal name because that's my married name and I've never actually changed to that name. Have you not? So when I do taxes, it's very confusing. So what is your Strickling. Legal Strickling. Strickling. Yeah, see, no one can say it. Where's that name from? I don't know. I don't even, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Is so it Germany? Maybe I don't know. Have you never been interested to figure this out? <laughs> I mean, no, not enough, obviously. So I got married okay. and I was like, Lyman, that's easier to spell. I'll use that one. Like it. Okay. Well, I'm just going to start abbreviating it that I've never done before. But, but, yeah, but I, I how basically... do people pronounce your name? Because they probably don't get you, Joa. 
No, they don't. I never say it. Um, like I've got like my business name, but I never really use it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it's just like on all the paperwork, right? Uh, so I started like an online coaching business, and that was yeah, around about five years ago now. Four, so five pre-pandemic. Years ago. Yeah. Pre-pandemic. Pre the shift to online. Yeah, which I'm really glad about because yeah. I feel like I had about a year and a half or so of kind of finding my feet with online coaching, getting my systems in place. COVID hit, and I was like oh crap, this sucks, but actually it's okay because I'm set up, ready to go. Yeah. Whereas I know a lot of coaches really struggled because they didn't know how to coach people just using the internet. Um, so yeah, it actually just like pretty much overnight when all the gyms closed, my work just got really busy because people just wanted support and didn't know where to turn. So um, that, I, was, I was very fortunate um, with that. Um, so tell me, tell me what yeah. your interaction, so you do a lot of social media, I know that. I don't, yeah. I, I don't. So I really applaud your efforts because I don't know, <laughs> I have a hard time with it, but you do a lot of social mm-hmm. media and then you work with your clients mm-hmm. in their training. You're giving them their training and you're checking in with them. Right. Cause I know you, you yeah. provide a lot of accountability and a lot of like touch points. Yeah, I do. So, um, I do have nutrition training. I'll mention that in a bit, but I did do lots of further studying in nutrition along the way. Um, but yeah, I do. So I, with the social media side of things, I probably spend now, I was chatting to someone about this the other day and it blows my mind to think about it, but I spend as much time on social media as I do coaching people now. I think that's how much time I spend on social media stuff. Um, I do actually really enjoy it though. But that's all that matters then, right? That's all that matters. Yeah, I do. I really, really enjoy it. And I think if, if for whatever reason my coaching business just bombed, I think I would end up moving into some sort of social media work. Like I do, I find it kind of really enjoyable. So it's awesome. um, it doesn't feel like too much of a chore. Whereas I know like a lot of coaches hate doing social media content. That's me. I'm raising my hand. Kate, Kate has a hand up. Yeah. <laughs> so I actually really enjoy it. So it doesn't feel too bad for me. Um, yeah. So that's, that's how it works. So I do, yeah, I do personal tra- online personal training where I do nutrition plans, um, nutrition coaching, exercise plans um and then i do accountability phone calls so like two calls a week with every client that i work with and i like to think the way i've got my coaching set up it kind of provides the framework and accountability and structure for people that they need and that's pretty much how my system works now and i've yeah I've worked with clients in something like 20 different countries now which is pretty that's cool. so cool that's so and that's such a an incredible like advantage and and beautiful part of this online work because i've always I mean, since 2015, when I started KLN, I've worked online with everyone too. Even mm-hmm. if I knew them in person, we still had this like online check-ins and everything. But the the amount of people you get to meet, the the different, I mean, I work all in nutrition, but like the foods that they eat, the different mm-hmm. cultural aspects, all of it is so exciting. And it's so fun to see different individuals in their element and help them work within their element, knowing that looks so different and so foreign sometimes. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I love it. Like most of the people I work with now are probably based in the US. Like that's where most of my client base is. But still, I have quite a lot of people that I train in kind of Scotland, the rest of the UK and elsewhere in Europe. Um, but then a few in Canada, Australia, like a few other countries. It's that's it's awesome. cool. Like it's really cool. Really, really cool job. Um, and then, yeah, the nutrition side of things. So as soon as I qualified as a PT, I started having lots of nutrition, nutritional issues, which kind of comes back to your story, Kate, of... Um, everyone going into the nutrition and exercise space because they've got some weird experience or something with health and fitness. Um, and I had to go to lots of doctor's checks and hospital checkups because no one knew what was wrong with me. I thought something very, very wrong was, uh, something was very, very wrong with me. Uh, and after going to see all of these healthcare practitioners, 
no one ever suggested diet. I ended up finding out what was wrong with me just by like Googling it and following random elimination diets online. Yeah, it was wild. Um, So I found out I was egg and dairy intolerant, which really sucks because I like both of those things a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like your baked goods options have to be very limited. And this was like pre plant-based being really popular yeah, as well. Yeah, because now you have more options, right? Now it feels quite easy, yeah. whereas then it was awful, because every time you go out, it's like, here's your avocado on toast, and that's all you can eat. Like, that's it. <laughs> or here's a salad that looks a bit lifeless. Like, Sad. like there weren't really good options like there are now. Um, so yeah, that just kind of sparked a bit of a love of nutrition and realizing that when you eat in a way that your body likes you to eat, you feel awesome, and it completely changes every other aspect of your life. So it just kind of clicked something in me. And I'd say I love the, the training side of things as well. Like I love teaching strength training. It, it's awesome. Like empowering someone with the knowledge of how to do it is awesome. But nutrition's my bag. Like I just love learning and chatting about it. Uh, so I've done a few other further nutrition qualifications, um, a few courses accredited with the Association for Nutritionists. And then uh, I recently did a postgraduate diploma with the Institute of Performance Nutrition, um, and that was a performance nutrition course. And the next step is a master's, but once again, like UK, just finding the time yeah, to hard. do further education is is really difficult. But yeah, that's kind of a, a quick snapshot of where I am now. And yeah, the point I am with my my coaching business, I I work pretty much double full-time hours of coaching people social media content we've recently just had a baby as well so little jude was born 10 weeks today actually oh and he's so Um, cute yeah so trying to navigate that alongside work and then also plans to hopefully bring some coaches on board as well to not copy exactly what you're doing kate but steal a lot of your ideas there you go i'm here to help Um, and yeah, that's my plan for the next year or so. It's uh, I'm at a really exciting point with the business, and I'm yeah, I'm just really excited. And that's awesome. This podcast is going to kind of track that as we grow, which is pretty cool. And maybe there's even space for us to talk about how we got into like the, the nitty gritty of coaching in the in the future. Because I know people, I get a lot of DMs asking like, "Well, hey, do you have advice for getting started?" And I'm like, "Whoa, that's a very loaded question." But maybe yeah. that's a cool thing we can talk about in the future too, because I think one unique not unique, not specifically not unique thing about us is we we didn't have like you went to school just to be a trainer because that's not even a thing mm-hmm. really you know it's a lot of continuing education and figuring it out and making mistakes and um yeah that's not unique to the process at all it's really not and, and there really isn't enough support for online coaches i don't think people really know how to do it right yet uh, i actually yesterday it's funny enough we're talking about this now i someone asked me this question on instagram on just a q a sticker kind of any tips for moving into online coaching and i threw up um a few a few little tips and then a few other coaches reached out so i did a live q a yesterday with like 20 different coaches that oh, just wow. signed in and we just did a little like q a session of them asking me like how I got started up, what my processes are like, how you can protect yourself, all these things. And um, it was, yeah, it, it, it makes you realize how much you've learned along the way just by making many, many mistakes. So if we can do that, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Add it to the list. We have a lot coming up, <laughs> but I'm excited about all of it. Yeah, and now I know who good, you are. It? Now I know more about you. There we go. That's cool. Previously, I just knew about Jude and how cute he is. Because I, I mean, I watch your stories, but I mostly just like tap through for Jude. 
I'm not gonna lie. People are mostly there for Jude and for my dog Daisy. Like that's it. I do love that's, Daisy too. That's who they're there for. Yeah, she doesn't get as much story time recently, which I I feel I need to rectify. So Daisy will be be being shown a little bit more. Um, tell me about your move to Mexico. Oh, so we I'm we moved here about two and a half years ago. Now this was mid pandemic. Um, we were living in Tennessee. Like I said, started my PhD there quit my PhD and we were like, well, we don't know where to go now. I actually loved our time in Memphis. It was really great. But um, about three years in, we're both kind of West Coast folk. And we were like, well, it's kind of time to go. But where? <laughs> where do we go? <laughs> and we didn't know. And I've just had this dream since 2013. I did, I did a semester of school here in Mexico, but in, in the Yucatan not um, in Oaxaca. And I've just always wanted to, to move to Mexico and like live, not visit, but just like live for a year. And I have told Kenny that since we got married, we got married in 2015. So this is years of him hearing this from me and him being like, okay. And just kind of like with the pandemic and us, our time being done in Memphis, I was like, hey, you know, now would be a really good time to go to Mexico. <laughs> and we, long story short, we moved to Oaxaca. We'd never been here before. Ever. We've never been here. And we signed a one-year lease. And now we've been here two and a half years, and we have a little dual citizen baby, Milo, um, or Milo in Espanol. And we both... What do you call him? Do you call him Milo or Milo? I call him Milo, but then, like, his nanny calls him Milo, so he's going to be confused. Okay. And that's okay. I just feel like once he's old enough, he can just choose what he wants. I'm partial like to I guess Milo. It's it's a little similar to me living in Scotland. I call him Jude. Everyone in Scotland calls him Jude. So yeah. with the Scottish accent. So there we go. There you, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? When they get a little older, they can just decide for themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think so. That's really cool. I, I don't know much about Oaxaca. The only thing I know about Oaxaca, um, which I hope isn't, this isn't insulting, there's a really popular restaurant in the UK called Oaxaca. Oh. Is it in the US as well or not? No, I don't think so. It's like a chain. Oh, it's like a really... Yeah, it's like a popular Mexican food oh, chain wow. called Oaxaca. Yeah. It's That's good. Wow, I didn't the food's know that. It's really good. Yeah, there we go. Huh. Oaxaca is, so it's very foodie. It's a very foodie city. Like, but okay. Oaxacan food is very different than Mexican food. Like, when you typical, like when you typically think of it, um, like there's no, there's not even a lot of street tacos here. There are no burrito. You can't find a burrito in this city, That's which I know isn't really Mexican food, but it's like northern Mexican <laughs> yeah. food. Yeah, okay. Like sometimes I just want a burrito, you know, but it's mm. a lot of mole and a lot of uh, like Oaxacan tamales, which are different. They're in like um, banana leaf instead of the corn husk. Mm. It's, it's just a little different, but it's very good. Is it a bit like Spain? So um, my surname Ujoa, is Spanish. So it, is it very similar like in Spain where the different regions, the food does differ quite a lot or is yeah. it just Oaxaca? Okay, yep. that's cool. Definitely. Like that. There we go. I feel like I know more about you, Kate. Thank you very much. I like it. It's good. I think this is a, now, a good way to start. And now we can we get can, into the nitty gritty. We can. We can commence the fitness chat. So yeah, I, if anyone listening has any questions that they'd like to ask Kate um, or myself, um, about our backgrounds or fitness nutrition if you would like to work with us at all then please reach out to either Kate or myself um, probably what's the best way to reach you Kate let's say Instagram my Instagram is Instagram. at KL nutrition and so that's where you can find me I like to chat over there how about cool. you so reach out to Kate there uh, Instagram is probably easiest for me as well so it's just my name Michael Ujoa PT um, and reach out come say hello we we want to make this as um 
accessible is that the right word just re- so. really easy for people to reach out and just chat to us about the episodes and and what their thoughts are on it and and we welcome any suggestions as well like please get in touch if there's any guest topic or anything that you'd like us to to cover on the show um i'm i'm excited to get started yeah we'll catch you next time cool see you guys soon